0: Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate.
1: Okay, welcome back everyone. Dylan here, and I am with Kyle and Tammy, and we are ready for our February market update for everybody. So, welcome guys.
2: Hi.
0: Hello.
1: How you feeling? You good? Feel good. How's uh, Tell me about the world out there real quick. Let's start this way. How's the market... Uh, Cover the big ones, inventory. Kind of the pace that you're feeling right now. How's things feeling out there with uh, everyone? Buyer activity and seller activity.
0: Yeah, I think uh, buyer frustration is definitely a thing. You know, we knew we were talking this morning. Another fifteen thousand dollar over for one of our agents didn't get it. You know, so I think buyers are probably frustrated, and buyers, um, you know, maybe having to lower maybe expectations and price point to be able to afford what they're looking for. Definitely a real thing.
1: You're you're feeling the frustration from them. You getting yelled at yet?
0: (laughs) No, but you know, it's just, it's hard. They move on. And, uh, but I'm just, just frustrated. And maybe some that are not being as aggressive as they were even a month ago that, you know, tired of losing
1: as they watch rates climb
0: rates are climbing yeah which makes affordability for them maybe even more difficult mm-hmm. so okay so
1: you're feeling that how about you
2: yeah very similar i mean there was a lot of pendings this last weekend a lot of activity i mean so there are there are things coming on but they're just they're gone immediately and so similar frustration and helping trying to help them just have the proper expectations for what they're going to experience in this spring market mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so nothing's changed in a month <clears throat> other than it's maybe even more fever-pitched. I was looking I at the up. inventory numbers locally uh, across all the markets that I can tell. Inventory's down again. Yep. Uh, absorption rates down notably because uh, rate of sale's starting to pick up right now. Um, we had a big week last week. A lot of pending activity. We did, yeah. Um, so it's, it's exciting to see. So the good news is we're still moving stuff, but like you guys are saying, most of it is... Uh, in real time. Yep. Um, listing activity, you feeling any pickup there?
2: Uh, more conversations. Um, I don't think there's any more listings than maybe we had last year. Um, uh, but definitely there are conversations about it. Yeah. In like my to get, world.
0: get people off the sideline. I think the conversations are there, but You know, this is the first time in a long time I've had zero active listings. No way. Yeah. I only have one. I only have one. And we, I've, I've listed 10 houses this year. They just all sold. So, you know, so I've like, that's not bad. Six weeks in, but none of them are active. So (laughs) They will be by tomorrow. I'm listing one tonight, but. How long is that one going to stick around? Yeah. um, Not even through the weekend. So. Well, that's
1: marginally terrifying. Yep. We're a real estate brokerage. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we have
2: zero listings. No. Yep. The shelves are the
1: shelves are empty. Well, that is the new world that we're living in. We're learning to sell in real time. So we we handpicked a f- bunch of slides for you guys here that are worth taking a look at from the latest KCM report. If you want to print the packets and take a look at those as we go through them, there's six to eight slides here. But I really want to get to, after this, some crucial conversations that I, I think we need to be having with our buyers and sellers right now. So... Um, but let's start with slide one here. I thought, uh, I thought these were interesting. So first of all, um, we know that we're in an inflationary environment right now. We're seeing it everywhere. I, I feel like it was not that long ago, maybe two months ago, that the Fed was still saying that it was transitory. It's been about, what, 45 days since that language vanished. And now everyone is crying. Uh, it's like red alert out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw an article posted on CNBC last week saying that, uh, I think it's Goldman Sachs now, is predicting seven, seven rate hikes in the 2022 calendar. Oh. So I, I think we, we all understand inflation is here, inflation is happening. So I thought this slide was really, really interesting. Um, uh, with a 6.8% inflation in 2021, we realized an 18% increase in home ownership, ho- ho- home values, basically. Yeah. So the whole point there uh, is that real estate acts as a hedge against inflation. Anything from you guys on that?
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it does, and it always has. I mean, um, real estate is. Uh, has historically been a hedge against inflation. And I think it's going to continue to be um, a good place for people to park money. And that's what we've been seeing. I mean, people have been taking money out of other investments, other stocks and putting it into real estate.
1: What does that mean for us?
2: It means we're going to continue to have buyer demand. I mean, in all segments of the market, I mean, low end and high end, Um, because that's, they're not comfortable with where other things are going and, and so that's going to make a difference.
0: I think the exciting thing about this, not, not only now, but you know past, future, whatever, the only time that it, it didn't outpace was in the 80s, which was a really tough time economically in the 2000s. And so it's like if things are normal or good, I mean real estate seems like a good place to, to be have an investment.
1: It, it, it's just, it's a weird conversation I, don't, I i'm not trying to um inflation's neither good nor bad i guess no. it's sure not a great thing to be paying more for everything if you own real estate right now you've done well yes. you've done well every year for a few years now i think the maybe my take home on on this is despite how crazy things are out there right now owning real estate in this environment is a great idea
0: I love that second slide. I don't know when we get to it, but that's the <laughs> Well, jump there. So slide two.
1: This is five years out. There's, yeah. I think it's five years. 20, yeah, 20 2026. Th- yep. yep. So what are they suggesting here? That on average, they're estimating, these are economists forecasted for the rest of this year. Uh, sorry, not, for the next five, five years. years. Yeah. Cumulative appreciative impact on your real estate, 43%.
0: Yeah, 43, uh, and the pessimist is saying your home five years from now is going to be worth 24% more. Like, that seems to be worst-case scenario from the uh, economist here.
2: Yeah, and that would be more of a normal appreciation yeah, like 4%. Uh,
0: yeah, that's almost, almost, five, than, almost, yeah, almost 5%, almost five like those are what the pessimists are saying, 5% right. a year over the next five years. And yet the high one, 625 with a, you know.
2: And it makes sense. To, I mean, in yeah. my mind, it makes logical sense. Our inventory has been so low for so long um, that it's going to take that long for it to build back up. It, it's not going to happen overnight. It's also
0: scary. So if I see sixty-two percent, and I think of selling a, you know, a three hundred thousand dollar house today, it's going to be worth uh, what four eighty? What is that? Yeah, five hundred thousand.
1: But that's exactly what's been <laughs> true. If you go back five years,
0: that's yeah. true. yeah. It's just crazy to think. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of getting used to it now, but. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm at, I'm, I'm we talked about that this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
1: looking at houses right now. Yep. And as a real estate broker, I, I have sticker shock. I yep. cannot relate to the price on the property. Yep. It seems like something's out of whack, but it's what, it's what's happened. And they're suggesting that the next five years are probably going to look the same.
0: Yeah. You better not wait for it to come down.
1: I think that's the takeaway. And that's what I'm trying to get to is so there is no likelihood, at at least from my vantage point, that prices are going to turn, they may slow down, but I think this is the slow down rate. Yeah. And so um, waiting probably isn't the best idea. Right. I already regret, we talked about this this morning, I wish I'd jumped two years ago at uh, 2.8%, not Mm -hmm. (laughs) 3.8%. Okay. So appreciation is kicking in. Real estate is the place to be five years out. You're probably going to kick yourself if you're not in, um, catch us up on mortgage rates. We had a little conversation about this. Um, you know, these guys are predicting now, if we look at slides three, four, five, and six predicting three, eight by the end of the year, but Kyle, you're saying we're already there.
0: Oh, we're there. Uh, email this morning, green state credit union, 30 year, 3.85%. So, uh, we're there. <laughs> and, and green state's typically one of the more aggressive, uh, as far as rates and lower, lower rates. So.
2: And I actually, I listened to a podcast, um, this weekend that talked about that a little bit, that, um, lenders are actually raising their prices prior to any. Preemptively. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Preemptively. Yeah. And so the rate hikes that we see later may not have as much impact on the rest of the year. That'd be good news. Um, but they're also feeling that inflation and other areas of their uh life and uh work and employment um and so they're having to raise rates to compensate for that
1: i I, we need to look into that that's very interesting to me so this kcm does dig into the correlation between the the fed the 10-year treasury yield um and how that because that's what's actually impacted by the fed they control that to, Mm -hmm. to some extent that then trickles down into the 30-year. And so mortgage rates, you're saying, are being adjusted upwards because we've seen such a a notable spike in the Mm 10-year. They're trying to get ahead of this. They're anticipating the inflation, so they're raising the interest rates preemptively. Yes. Um, The hope would be that them being at 3.8 now doesn't mean that it's going to push past 3 into 4. And you're saying, hopefully, this is them spiking it now
2: that's the way the podcast that i listened to explained it uh, what uh, was that do you remember um it was actually lawrence yun i think from realtor.com
1: on buffini or somewhere else uh,
2: our realtor organization uh was on buffini yeah okay yeah
1: i'll look for that one
0: that would be good i, I think hope that's, that's what, i'll
2: verify case. that and um, tell you. for anyone Make that ever comment.
1: forgets this the uh uh that little rule of thumb uh for every one percent increase in interest rates you're dealing with a 10 percent decrease in relative affordability buying power power is the best way to put it um okay so that is a notable change guys if we're at three eight that is up a full percent from the bottom ultimately two two eight some changes where i think it was less than a year ago
0: yeah and you you brought it up but you know wish you would have done it then and i don't think we're going back there so it's kind of like looking forward now one slide i did appreciate is the reminder that These are still crazy low to be at 4%. I mean, this is even going back to 2018. And you know, at some point, what is that 19 or end of 18 where it was about 5%? Yeah.
1: So this matters because we're going to be having conversations with buyers, not to jump ahead too far, but our buyers are going to be a little freaked out by that. Yep. Um, Especially anyone that refinanced recently, which is almost everybody. Um, And so you're bringing up a good point. So that's a percent higher than what it was, but it's probably lower than what it's going to be. Yep. And historically 4% is still crazy bargain low. of the century. Yes. Crazy low. Isn't it funny how it's all about what you compare it to? Yep.
2: Yeah. My first house was at 7 and a quarter.
0: Yeah, Six here. So,
1: And it wasn't bad. And it wasn't bad. It was good. That was down. Historic from- low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think slide four is pretty interesting there. If you look at the eighties, 12.7 was the average mortgage rate at that point. That was during a a finance crisis, basically.
0: My, my father tells me the story the day it dropped from like 18 to 13 or 12. And he said, I was in tears. I was, he said I was in tears because I'm like, I can finally sell houses because it was down to 13, 12%. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'd be in tears. Yeah.
1: So eights in the nineties, 6.2 in the two thousands the average through the 10s, 2010s, was just above four, which is actually, yeah. that sounds really low. Um, and so it looks like we're heading back up to that territory. Yeah. Um, anything else on rates, guys? Well,
0: my, my only concern, uh, and you know, hopefully they don't bump a whole lot more than this, but at some point, if I'm in a house and I've got a 2.75% or 3%, now we're sitting at rates at five, that's going to make it difficult for me to say I'm going to move and see that kind of increase, uh, you know, in my rate and my monthly payment. So that that's my only maybe concern if we start creeping up near five, but
1: I just, I need to remember we're struggling with all of our podcasts cause we're consuming so much of this these days, but it may have been the same one you listened to Tammy, but they were countering that. Kyle, just to state that most people making a move, it's not, it's because of a life circumstance. Mm -hmm. Correct. They're not making the move because uh, of some monetary impact or something. It's because, well, first of all, they've got equity in their house or they're a first time home buyer and now they have buying power that they didn't have before. And so the millennial side of this thing, um, in terms of all of this, this giant pool of new entrants to the marketplace, yes, it's going to mean they're going to afford a little bit less but they still just got married. They still had those kids. They still got the yeah. job, and they're still looking for. You're, a You're time. always
0: going to have first-time home buyers, which make up forty forty-five percent of the buyer pool. So that won't change. Uh, but I I just think back to the last year. How many people have moved because they have such crazy equity in their home, and interest rates still low. Will that
2: change at all? That's your but, question.
1: But the equity's not changing. It yep. just went up further. Yeah. It's just very very hard to take that equity and roll it into something else at a percent higher. Yeah. Agreed.
0: I don't think it's an issue right now. I just.
2: And historically, buyer demand has not been impacted um, by rate hikes.
1: Covered that a couple months ago, I believe, here. Yes. Um, Look, this this is, uh, it feels like we're flogging a dead horse, but honestly, there is no more impactful force in the marketplace right now than this. Where interest rates are headed is going to be at the very center of every conversation we have with buyers and sellers moving forward.
2: And I think it is an important conversation to have with them um, because while they're frustrated about the inventory they still need to have a right expectation about what they're looking at um, they need to look below their budget not at their budget which is what is they have historically done
1: Okay, hold on. So that's Did I go too so, far. No, it's <laughs> go it's, too far it's, past. it's really good, but re say that because that's pretty important stuff.
2: Well, buyers I mean if, if a buyer can afford 300,000, they need to be looking Define
1: find afford
2: that's what their pre-approval is says they, can... which is a maximum. Yeah, is a maximum of three hundred thousand. Most of the time, we're showing them houses at three hundred thousand, maybe even three ten or three twenty.
1: And the odds are, if they offer at three, they're going to end up paying three ten
2: or more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were just talking before that there was a fifteen thousand over asking and still didn't get it, uh-huh. and and so not only do they need to look below their budget um, and what they can afford according to a lender. They need to look below that because of these interest rates too, because between now and the time they find a house they want to buy, they could be up another quarter percent. And so they need to, we need to be helping them to recognize, let's look a little lower than what you can afford so that you're not disappointed when you can actually get a house. I
0: have perfect example This I have clients right now we've been looking for three or four months. Well, you know, 220 was their top. We we looked at one that was 207. They went up to 219 on it. Well, now things have changed because the interest rate has gone up. So 220 is no longer their top. Right. And so that's a tough thing for buyers to who are looking up to 220. Now they got to be, I mean, you know, because of the interest rate hike, maybe they're maxing out at 210. Now you're looking at houses not over 200. Right. Uh, you know, that's...
2: Or help them to understand what, what else they can do. I mean, if they can put some sweat equity into you know, it. And we, we've had the millennial mindset for so long that they don't want to have to do anything. And I think that's going to shift as these prices change and rates change.
1: Okay. I think you're right on the money here, guys. Um, That's where I think we need to start deploying some of our energy is thinking through these tough conversations. This sounds, it almost, it's not as negative as 2009 was, but remember the tough conversations we had with sellers Uh about what they were going to have to come to terms with as they thought about selling their home um, this is that only on the buyer side. It's a little yeah. bit of a come to Jesus. Hey, we need to think through the facts of where yesterday was compared to today and how we need to prep ourselves moving forward. Yeah, Don't buyers
2: need to be strategic in what they're looking at so their expectations are right. But I
1: can think of no more challenging conversation yeah. than trying to explain to that $219,000 buyer that they,
0: they're really, that's not what they are anymore. Yep.
2: They should be looking at $180,000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it is.
2: because they're going to offer more. Between than,
0: interest rates and... yeah.
1: So let's wrap up these slides. I'm all the way to seven. Um, uh, Inventory, all-time low. 1.8-month supply nationwide. Again, six historically meant a balanced market. I remember losing our marbles when we hit four-month supply and then three. Mm -hmm. Um, I did look at all of the markets. All of our major markets are sub-zero. Des Moines, we're sitting at a a one-half-month supply, down from 0.7. Ankeny, Point 0.3 month supply and that really does run there there's only one price point in Ankeny, and it's the $100,000 price point that it's above one every th- well, I, su- I suppose and just below that basically there is less than a month supply or about a half month supply of real estate across th- all price points in all of our markets point 0.8 in Ames and so nationwide there's nothing if anything we're actually Slightly more aggressive here than the national average, um, and new construction not dissimilar. So I'm looking at new construction month supply is around four, but I was thinking this through. Most of that inventory is not yet built. No, you're not ready, yep. and so that's that's really not a fair representation of what's on the market that's actively available for sale. Okay, so nothing's changed there except that it's still going down, and we probably will anticipate it'll do that for two or three more weeks or a month or two.
0: I saw Des Moines, this is right before we, we uh, started here, at 1692, and we were mm-hmm. about 1,600 as a low last year, so we're, we're going we're gonna to beat that. <laughs> we're going under that, so that's, that's hard to see.
1: <laughs> of which about a third is actual resale inventory
0: yeah. yeah two-thirds is new construction and half it's of that not even is probably not even available probably at least half of that not even available maybe yeah. a third of it's available in the next 60 days
1: okay these are interesting times guys
2: um, i think ames was at 152 this morning <laughs> and that includes not just ames i mean yeah. it's just the ames mls
1: <laughs> so on the inventory side what we're seeing then i guess it's the perfect storm we're coming into the spring These inventory levels are not just low, they continue to get lower. Rates are starting to spike, actually driving more demand, not scaring people away just yet. There's a point at which we get concerned about that today. It's just creating uh, motivation.
0: Yeah, we better get it before it goes up more.
1: And as a function of that, um, on slide number nine, uh, we're seeing prices start to spike. So we're seeing new listings come on at higher prices than is even seasonally typical. And Kyle, you mentioned this morning, we had builders across the market all increasing their prices on listings.
0: Destiny, Tanzanite, DR, all up ten to $15,000 across the board on their stuff within the last week. So there's a couple things we can be sure of. Most properties are going to cost
1: more six months from now than they're going to cost today. And the affordability factor on those houses is going to go down too. Interest rates are, well, I guess it will yet... We'll see if they're going to go up from 3.8, but they're certainly higher than they were yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that sounds like a narrative towards motivation to move, to act act quickly. So, yes?
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, one of our jobs is going to be to help people get off a fence if they are sitting on it. I mean, they just don't have the, they may not have the opportunity, they may not have the time to be able to sit on the fence for any length of time because those prices are going to continue to go up.
1: And the challenge with trying to guide people to act sooner rather than later is that's hard to do when there's nothing to buy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so shift real quick. Let's wrap up here with, um, I guess, I'm trying to decide if all this information sounds
0: super negative. (laughs) It's just hard. It's hard. It is challenging. I mean, it's a great time to be in real estate. So, I mean, there's plenty of activity. I mean, I don't know what our numbers were last week. but Remarkably high. It's crazy. So, I mean... Uh, we all remember what it was like 12, 13 years ago. And I'll take this any day.
1: Yeah. This is today's challenge. Yeah, But I do think we're going to have to armor up a little bit here yep. and brush off some old tools and work on some scripts and dialogues in the coming weeks to talk our clients through this shifting environment, because it is shifting. The inventory is not shifting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with interest rates shifting, it is a different game that we have to go play. So um, help me real quick. I don't need a ton here, but I think in the next few weeks, what we I'd like to be working on is, is scripting some of the conversations we need to be having with our sellers and our buyers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the buyers is maybe more complicated. Start with the sellers um, in meeting with our sellers right now. What are some crucial things we need to continue to prep them for? Make sure that they're thinking about as they uh, plan to enter the market in the next
0: few weeks. Uh, certainly price point matters where you're at and how that conversation looks. But, you know, especially in the aggressive price points, I mean, those conversations up front of how we're going to handle if we do get multiple offers, and we we probably will. Um, Is this going to go on for a few days? Are we going to decide day one? Because as you're out there showing, every agent does it differently and every seller is a little differently. So, you know, and that can adjust, but, you know, what that conversation looks like. And then, you know, I think of my appointment tonight where I can see the last three. It's townhome, last three sold for 217 There's really nice. I know it'll sell uh, for more than 217 but, you know, how aggressive you get with that price.
1: What is the technical parameters there? I mean, so are you guiding anyone to keep it low in order to create a feeding frenzy? Or are you suggesting, hey, you need to inch this up because you're hot?
0: Uh, a little both. You know, I don't want to go crazy. Uh, for me, if I set that, let's say we set that price at 220, if it's worth more, I mean, more than any other time in the 20 years I've been in real estate, if it's worth more, you will get more because the buyers yes. will show up and they will pay for it. So even if we're low today, we will still get that number it's worth.
1: Because of the multiple offer Demand, situation yes. you're going to create.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. And yep. I think that's an important thing to talk about, the worth of the property, because, because there is a tendency for them to be like, oh, I want to price it higher. Yeah. Um, because I think it's worth that based on all this you know, stuff I'm hearing. Um, but if you price it right, you're going to get what it's worth.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay, but hold on. Are you both agreeing on that? Because it looks to me like what we should be doing right now is guiding our clients to understand their house is probably worth more than maybe even they... It's the first time ever that I would want to say, hey, it might be higher than the Zest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You're saying don't do that. Keep it reasonably priced. You'll fetch what the market is going to pay.
0: That's what I feel.
2: Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that.
1: And then guide them to really position themselves for that first 48 hours to just uh, expect a, a feeding frenzy.
0: And I, I had one, you know, two weeks ago in Ankeny. We're listed at 225. I knew it was going to be crazy, but the comps show me 225 is the number. But we had that conversation like, I think we'll get more, but this is what, this is what it says. And we got tens of thousands more than 225.
1: And are you suggesting that doing that, you both agreed with that strategy actually is fetching your client more than if you had priced it higher? I
2: think think it is. I think (laughs) it's, I think it is. And it is also shortening the amount of time. Um, Because I think if you take that 225 and you price it at 245, you don't have the same feeding frenzy and it's on the market for two weeks, not two days.
1: So the only potential negative implications would be you create so much craziness in that purchase that you end up with a buyer with a buyer's remorse or something to that effect. I'm not debating it with you. I think it's a healthy debate that needs to happen inside of our offices.
2: Mm -hmm. And with our sellers. I mean, they need to understand. Very good. Yeah. That, that, okay, here are our options on how we list your property. This is not just a we're We're throwing a number at it. We have comparables that say it's worth 225. Um, and so we want to price it right. And if it is worth more, we will get more. And this is how we'll handle that. This is the process we'll take as we handle all of these showings and all of these offers. That, well, I like the
1: consultative approach there. Here's option one. This is the game plan. Here's how we would play it out. Here's option two. Is there an option three, by the way?
0: As far as pricing?
1: Well, uh, you, you price it well. And expect a bunch of craziness. You, you move a little higher. Um, I suppose those are the options. Those are right? the options. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, there was a day
0: when you priced to just dump it, but that doesn't Not exist a thing right today. now. <laughs> Not a thing today.
1: Um, anything else on sellers? Obviously, we need to prep them for all sorts of weird variables. Like, I was just chatting with my wife about selling, and I actually said, man, I think I'm just going to move out of the house for a week. Mm. Because
2: yeah, I've had several several sellers that have either stayed in a hotel for two nights, uh, gone to family for a couple of days.
1: You can pretty much anticipate you're going to have showings mm-hmm. all day for yeah. that first couple of days. Yeah. Um, the strategy of uh, not accepting offers until a certain time period has and passed.
0: Even with the showings, I think price point matters a little bit. It does. You know, I had a property six hundred thousand dollar house in Polk City that's two years old. Great house. I Only one showing on day yeah. one and two, and so. I think just knowing don't your price point, just don't get ahead of yourself, have that conversation. But, you know, I don't want to set myself up for failure having right. that, that conversation with a seller and it, it doesn't happen. So now we still sold full full price day one, but.
2: Yeah. And it is very property specific. I mean, yep. price point, property, if your property has unique features or uh, weird zoning or anything like that, I mean, you need to take those things into consideration. Uh, when you're talking to your sellers
0: one thing I kept thinking about the other day I think of back in 18 19 years of real estate and some houses I've sold that maybe would be more difficult sales like finding those sellers and saying hey if you've ever thought about selling now's, How's about, the, time. now's the time because yeah. you know you were talking about zoning or whatever else like they really want that house and I wasn't a huge fan of it but I mean there's an opportunity to probably sell a peak Uh, struggle with some of those things you did in the past yeah
1: i don't want to get off topic but i'm gonna (laughs) it's hard for me to hear you talking like that and not start to get a little antsy when you hear that level of uh feeding frenzy is a word we're using today for whatever reason um that sure sounds like a now we've worked really really hard to look at the fundamentals we know that the inventory shortage is real we know the demand is is real right Uh, assuming interest rates stay in check. Um, And we know that there's tons of equity. People have more equity in their real estate, in their homes and and their investments than ever in the history of the United States. And so it's a strong set of fundamentals. Mm -hmm. But man, does that terrify me when you talk about, well, we should just sell things that otherwise people wouldn't (laughs) want to buy. Well, (laughs) it sounds like like the beginnings of a bubble, but I guess it's not. Yeah.
2: It's a, I mean, I say this word a lot probably, but it is strategic. I mean, if they're going to want to sell in the next, you know, two to three years, then we need to be having those conversations. Um, Maybe it's year three that they sell, not this year, but.
0: Yeah. And I was, I was just thinking, I was driving down 50th street in Des Moines. I sold a house on that street and I drove by it. I'm like, I need to call them because they don't have a front door. (laughs) <laughs> the only entrance is on there I'm, and I'm Now's I mean, the time to sell the time like I was thinking that house specifically I'm like oh man I need to get him out of that house I didn't like it when I sold it And I sure don't like it now But uh, somebody will buy it <laughs> That's um,
1: I like the way you're thinking <laughs> Okay shift to buyers real quick um, I mean I, I feel like more than ever We need to think about strategic conversations With these guys So we're sitting down with buyers uh, What are we talking them through?
2: uh, first expectations. I mean, just expectations for what they can buy and making sure that they're looking at the right stuff. And so we don't let them look at stuff that's over their pre-approval. Why would we let them look at stuff that's even at their pre-approval right now?
1: Hi, um, do you have any magic words to finesse that conversation?
2: Um, yeah, I think it, um, so I, I think of a client, a buyer that I have right now, you know, they are wanting to stay under one seventy-five. Um, you know, that's their, what their pre-approval says. And so um, just talking to them when I showed them a house is just saying, hey, let's look at some stuff that needs a little bit of, you know, love uh, because it's going to be a better price point for you guys and you'll be able to compete a little bit better when you go to make an offer.
1: Would it be good to get out of the line of fire and get them back with their lender given a half a percent change in interest
0: rates?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if your pre-approval doesn't have an interest rate on it, you need to be in conversation with that lender and find out what it is.
0: Especially if it was 90 days ago or whatever. Like yeah, the,
2: what yeah, was absolutely.
0: Well, but up. hold on, 30 days ago. Yeah, 30 days. Yeah.
1: If And we know, just to be frank, a lot of our buyers are maximing, uh, uh,
2: maximizing. <laughs> max
1: maximizing. Maximizing. They're, they're maxing out their, uh, their monthly mortgage payment, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, it would, it would be a horrible thing to take someone all the way to the threshold of a purchase and find out that, uh, um, they really can't afford the home that they've made an offer on.
2: But it is also consultative because, I mean, it could be that they have plenty of equity in the house they're selling, uh, that they're able to buy the rate down. Yeah. I mean, there's different options, uh, that we need to be able, in communication in a team mindset with that lender and that buyer. A-
0: no, oh, I was just going to talk about other strategy, you know, yeah. wise when you're talking to buyer, I mean, you think of price, obviously a big one uh, and I help and understand that certain price points are going to, to be over and maybe well over, but then things like, okay, closing costs and home warranty and home inspection, appraisal gap, and all of those things like having a conversation because some people certainly aren't going to be comfortable waiving an appraisal, right? But right. having right. that conversation of what might help you win at the end of the day, certainly price matters, but there are other factors in doing that. So I think having a real conversation with them and their comfort level on those things ahead of time.
1: We've got to eliminate every obstacle to our offer being overlooked. Yes, absolutely. And someone's going to come in with cash on most of these high demand properties. And so if there's a way to even position ourselves for a cash offer through our finance institution or whatever, that would help a ton. Mm.
2: And secondarily, um, I mean, contingency to sell. Um, I mean, there's still buyers that have a house to sell. We need to talk to them about selling that first mm-hmm. with a home of choice contingency. Yeah, on and you end, can, so and
0: you can go can. longer close. I mean, they're longer sellers are in the driver driver's seat. so yeah. Subject
1: to finding a home of choice. Yeah, yep. But trying to make an offer at this point subject to the sale of yours, terrible idea. Yes. Depends <laughs> on the property, I guess. <laughs> it does depend yeah, on the property. It depends on property. If there but, are
2: multiple yeah. offers, though, then it's a, I mean.
1: Well, what's the point? unless you're willing to pay a ridiculous premium and you can demonstrate that what you've got to sell is a sure thing. Yeah. yeah and, in
2: and honestly, last year we won one, um, where we, it was contingent on them selling their house. Um, but we basically said, give us two weeks. We'll do our inspection. Um, we'll do everything in this 10 days and we'll be able to, and it was sold. And I mean, it is possible, but it definitely depends on the house.
1: Um, well, I, 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 feel, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but every month I think I close with uh, just feeling like it's a crazy market out there mm-hmm. because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <clears throat> and uh, it won't always be like this, but right now I, I do think you guys are on it. We need to brush off some of those skills. I do think in our team meetings we need to pull out some of the multiple offer uh, tips that we had on how to position your, your offer to win and what you can eliminate to ensure that your offer rises to the top. Um, but I think a consultative conversation with our buyers and our sellers now more than ever is incredibly important. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, uh, closing thoughts from each of you on the month of February as we come into March. What?
0: It's going to stay crazy and maybe get even crazier. I don't think it's going to settle down anytime soon. So, buckle up.
2: I was going to say, get your running shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to be a frenzy this spring. There's going to be a lot of activity. Um, we're going to feel busy, get your systems in order this week, uh, before the end of the month. If, if you haven't already.
0: It's stressful, you know, when you're showing houses, cause you have to drop everything to go show it or they yeah. won't get it. Right.
1: <laughs> you worked for 20 years to get a bunch of balance in your business yeah. and it's all gone out the window. You know,
0: there'll be no balance. It used to be like, yeah, yeah, let's go tomorrow and we'll look at those six or seven houses and Nope, that one comes up. We better be there by five because right. they're reviewing offers at nine or whatever. So it's different.
1: Well, I think it's good to call that out. And I think as agents, we need to be talking about that stress because a lot of us are feeling it and don't maybe understand that this is in the air. I mean, mm-hmm. Everyone's there. But also then owning that so that we can take control of our own stress so we can go be the pillar that we need to be for our buyers and sellers because they're feeling the same level of, of craziness. Yep.
2: And there's one other thing I want to mention. Just, um, you know, a house came on the market that I went and showed Friday night, and uh, which I don't normally do on Friday nights. And um, having a conversation with the agent, though, really helped relieve some of that stress because um, just it wasn't listed that they were going to review offers the next day. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of information on the listing, but just calling her and saying, hey, what's your plan? Are you guys going to review offers tonight or tomorrow? It not only relieves stress on me, but it also relieves stress on the buyer that they didn't have to make a split second decision. They could actually talk about it when they got home and we could decide first thing in the morning because that agent said, yeah, we're going to review offers tomorrow. But she hadn't listed that anywhere. So if you're not in conversation with that other agent and using that relationship, I think you should be.
1: It sounds like a theme. A lot of it's about communications right now. We really yeah. need to up our game. Did you win that one, by the way?
2: They didn't, they didn't offer. You moved on? They, they moved on, yeah. I was surprised. I thought they were going to offer on it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, like you said, get your running shoes on and buckle up for another crazy That's month. Right. Thanks for your insights, guys. We'll uh, do it again in a month. Thank you for
2: joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com.